Hey, everybody, this is Mandy, and I don't take pictures of myself like I used to. Uh, Before I start, do you mean like selfies? Do you mean like just daily pictures? What do you mean? Daily pictures? <laughs> um, I well, don't take... You told me about how one of your family members takes a picture of themselves every day. Oh, yeah. I mean, technically those were selfies, but she doesn't even do that anymore. And that was just... We're going to have to talk about daily pictures. <laughs> <That's the laughs> I'm keeping you know all this in. I'm keeping all this in. But, I was um, going to say, we can restart and I can just ask nope. you that in the main topic. Nope. They're just going to have to be like, this is a super long intro. Okay, okay. Um, Selfies of any kind on the phone, through a camera, etc. Gotcha. Hi, everybody. This is Ollie, and I don't understand why looking up flights is such a frustrating task, and I want to know if buddy passes still exist out there. And this is the Mandy and Ollie podcast. Podcast. You search for guys with the most things. Daddy ran away and left your mama with the keys to the Mustang. Yeah, keys to the Mustang. Hey Mandy, how you doing? How you, how you, how you doing? Hi Ollie, I am fine. Okay, formal. I, <laughs> oh, fine is formal, <laughs> I guess. Well, the delivery um, was formal compared to oh, uh, none uh, <laughs> intentionally. But I was, I was gonna answer the the picture question. Mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. I used to, you know this, in high school, like, have a camera. This is before cell phones came with good cameras. So I used to just take so many pictures. And Facebook was reminding me of some pictures. These were from college, though, but still just, like, some pictures that I had posted. And I was just like, dang, I used to take pictures of myself all the time. And now that I have a camera on my phone, I, like, never take pictures of myself. It was just, like a little sad or just like weird to me that I don't commemorate things like I used to. And then the answer to the, (laughs) what did you call it? (laughs) Self-portrait pictures or whatever. For the audience, I had a family member that would take pictures of themselves every day to see different changes in their appearance. And they also said that if they passed away that day, then we would know what they look like. And I was just like, man, that's morbid. <laughs> it really is, though. But they don't do that anymore, so. Goodness. Yeah. I don't know if that's, like, in case they find their body, but still, mad morbid. Whoa, why do we have to find a body? (laughs) That's why I'm like, I don't understand the logic behind it, but that's just what they said. So how are you doing on this fine day? I'm good. I can give an update on my goals. Nice. I have not been doing the best at working out, but I have been a form of consistent. It's just not every day like it was. A couple weeks ago. And last night, I did a Caribbean dance workout, and boy, that was the hardest <laughs> one I've been doing this entire time. Like, jeez. I, I know that 
Like, you know when you go to a party and you just dance all night and you, you're tired at the end of it, but you don't feel like, oh, I'm so tired, I can't believe I did that, blah, 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 blah. But this workout, they weren't doing actual Caribbean dances, I would say. Like, they kind of were, but they kind of weren't. But the speed that they wanted us to do these things at, like, they were set off and going to say, one, two, three, four. And then the way they actually want you to do it is one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And it's like you're doing eight different moves in that one, two, three, four. And I'm just like, how? How, Slay? So I'm going to do it again <laughs> because I was like, yeah, this is a good workout. I enjoy, like, listening to that music better than the other uh, lady that I used to listen to. And the the movements were definitely more, I don't know, sharp or distinct. I don't know. It was just fun, even though it was so tiring. And I was just, like, literally lying on my floor afterwards to catch my breath. Or cool down, cool down and catch my breath, both. My body was trying to attack itself, so I just needed to let it have peace. Um, <sighs> yeah. That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> I guess that's so the point. You- is that a replacement then for days that you don't, like, do direct exercises or gym stuff? You dance instead? I wouldn't say it's a replacement because the uh, all the exercises that I'm doing are on YouTube. So it's whatever that YouTube instructor is telling me to do. And I don't know what's an official workout or not. I just do whatever they tell me. Like, sometimes they say things like lunges and squats and hamstrings and I'm just like those sound like athletic words but I don't know what any of them really mean you know okay well my day-to-day goals have been smashed out the park I've been doing very well with my organizing my planning and that's without writing it down so what I've been doing is saying aloud to other people what I'm going to do so that way I'm not a liar. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I'll have this move by tomorrow. Or before, I don't know, this show starts, I'm going to have this put up. I'm going to have this organized. So that way it's like, even if I'm like rushing to do it, like 10 minutes before the deadline, I know it's going to get done because I said it out loud. Whereas my other goal that still involves my friend, um, haven't heard from her. <laughs> oh, dang. Two she and a half or three now. She did ghost. The thing is, she's she's reached out to me on, like, social media. I see her liking some of my posts, but I'm like, hmm, this thing, though, this goal thing, though. All right. Okay. So you're still alive. You're just ducking and dodging. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, she don't want you to hold her accountable. No, she doesn't. But I'm going to. That's very determined of you. so do you have an entry for this is a safe space today i do cool i want to talk about reactivating or reigniting old friendships with people that you grew apart from these aren't the folks that you, like, had a huge fight or falling out with. Just, like, folks that you like, dang, we used to be close. What happened? Like, why did we stop talking? That mm-hmm. kind of thing. Okay. So last year I went to an event where I could have become close again with a lot of people that I used to be really close with. And 
the people that I connected with on that event, we didn't really get the opportunity to, it didn't work out the way I hoped it would. However, there was another person that could have been at the event, but she wasn't. But I reached out to her anyways, and we got super close in this past year. So it was just one of those things where I'm like, oh, dang, like, I know it's possible at this point now because it worked out with this one person, even though I didn't see her or meet her at the event that I thought I would, I was still able to make that connection because it was like I was interested in saying, hey, how are you doing? Let's hang out. And she reciprocated it and was like, yeah, I'd love to hang out. So I feel like I'm kind of in the space where I'm trying it again this year. I've invited someone to an event, and they said they would come because at first they moved back to uh, this area where I live, and I was like, oh, well, since you moved back, if you want to, no pressure, we can hang out. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, yay. And then another person, (laughs) yeah, like another person who's one of the people that I was trying to reconnect with last year and it didn't like take off the way I wanted to, I invited her too and she couldn't really come to my event, but she was like, hey, I have this event. Would you like to come? And I'm like, yes, yes, I would because I wouldn't be friends again. (laughs) So I guess I, I have this like giddiness about it because I do have just like so many memories and thoughts about those times that we used to spend together. And I feel like just based off of the little interactions that we've had from like social media and stuff, they're still good people or people that I feel like I would connect with, even though we've had like so many different changes in our lives. Because some folks it's like, oh, we fell off because we are not those same people anymore. Like we don't have things in common anymore. But I feel like with these folks, or at least I'm hoping we still connect. So I'm really excited about it. What do you think about that subject? (laughs) I think it's cute how giddy you are. I guess (laughs) I'm wondering, what's the intention? Do you feel like you're low on friends? Is it that you don't want to do so many activities solely? Is it just that you're feeling that nostalgia and that yearning to reconnect? Like, where is it coming from? Uh, definitely not the first two. Like we've already established, I don't mind doing nothing by myself. And what was the first thing you said? <laughs> um, I said, were you? I asked if you were nostalgic. I asked if you want more people to do things with. I asked. Oh if yeah. You, yeah, we're low on friends, I guess. I'm not. I don't feel like I'm low on friends, and I don't feel like I'm looking for more people to do stuff with. Um, I don't even know what low on, like, what number of people would be, like, low on friends. Well, I just mean by your standards, I suppose. Yeah, like, I'm thinking, I mean, for me, like, I don't know what that number would be. Because even when, even though I have more than three friends, I always will say to people, like, I only got two friends. Clearly, that's (laughs) not true. (laughs) That's not true at all. But that's... (laughs) So in my mind, I guess two is the lowest number of people, of friends that I would ever want to have. Like, I got to have two or more. I can't just go down to one. But, um, yeah, I don't feel like I'm low on friends, but I guess it is a nostalgia thing or just, like, I'm still feeling connected to them because 
like I said, with social media, you can see things that are going on in their life, and it may not, it's, it's never going to be the full picture or full understanding. But I guess I see enough that makes me feel like, oh, I wish I could talk to them about that, or that would be something interesting for us to talk about or do together, or just anything like that. Like, it's nostalgia, but it's also the potential of what could go further. Because I wouldn't just want to reconnect with people based off of only what we did in the past. Like, I would want to think about how we would continue on in the future, you know? Hmm. Interesting. But there are definitely people where you wouldn't extend that olive branch to. Like, I know that for a fact. So, And that's based on past action. So what makes you say, with this person, I want to try again? Well, that's what I'm saying. I feel like it's because there wasn't any bad blood. We just drifted. Like, we just didn't call or hang out for whatever reason. If I could think of, like, a distinct reason why it's like, this is why we stopped talking, then I would say that was probably a good reason and leave it, you know, let sleeping dogs lie or whatever. But... For a lot of these people, I don't have that. So I'm just like, I don't see any reason why I couldn't spend time with them. Okay. Well, I, I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> do you want, like, well, with, do, do you, you ever have those feelings? Uh, oh, you have reservations not, about it? Um, I, not necessarily reservations. I would just, you seem very excited. So I would just, I would just be cautious about your expectations because, if the other person isn't matching your excitement as much or it's like, yeah, let's hang out, and they ghost you, I wouldn't want you to be, like, upset about that. Mm. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> realistic. Cause, yeah. But I don't look at it as, like, ghosting. I think it would just be another element of people have things to do. Because that's, with one of these people, that's pretty much what it was all year. Like, I would invite them to something, and it would be like, oh, I can't go. Or they would invite me to something, and... I think I said that wrong. But the point is, like, our paths just kept missing each other. So if any opportunity there is to cross again, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't work out, but I really wouldn't know until our paths have that opportunity to cross. Okay. Okie dokie, on a trokey. So, yeah, is that something excited, that... So I hope that it, it's something that I would be interested in doing. There's no one on my docket from my past. Well, that's not true. There is one person <laughs> that I maybe want to reconnect with and see how they're doing. However, I already know that they've, like, moved so far along in life, like, with just these life steps and, you know, they're... It just... It wouldn't happen, but... It's out of just general curiosity and a little bit of concern. Like, we were really, really close at one time, and I just want to hear about a life update. And I feel like if I ever reached out, it would be weird because we tried to do it before, and we had it planned out. And at the last minute, this person was like, I can't do this. And I was like, That sounds okay. ominous. No pressure. Like, we don't have to meet up. It's okay. So. Yeah, if it was going to happen, it would have happened. And there's only one person who um, is on that list for me. So, nope, not going to happen. But that notion <laughs> of, like, if it was going to happen, it would have happened, how? If nobody... What do you mean, how? Like, I, mean, since I guess tried, I feel like it has it to... Oh, happen. them in particular. Then, Got you. Right. Yeah, they were like, 
I can't do this at the last minute. So I'm like, okay, well, we tried. We both put ourselves out there. We both agreed. You decided it was too much for you. So, all right. Okay, yeah. Because that's, I guess, even more of the reason why I want to try it out is because I feel like you have to take that active urgency. It's not going to, well, if it'll be, it'll be. Like, usually with relationships, it's like you have, someone has to put forth an effort. Like, that's how you maintain any kind of relationship. So the fact that, but I don't necessarily feel like the fact that we drifted off was because of malice or ill intentions or just, like, even, like, strong indifference towards someone. It's not like, oh, we fell off because I didn't care about them anymore. It was just, like, we fell off because things happen and it's very easy to get into your own headspace and unintentionally forget to call or spend time with people that you care about. And then next thing you know, a year has passed by and it does feel weird to say, I'm going to reach out. But if you don't ever reach out, then it's, yeah, it's going to continue to be weird. And something that seems too distant or unrealistic to achieve. So I don't know if I would describe it as weird because, the other person might not be thinking about you, general you at all. So it's like it might be weird to person A, but person B is like, oh, you weren't on my mind at all, but hi. So <laughs> I'm not sure if I would define it as weird. But you're right. The longer that time goes by without tar- talking, the more difficult it might be to actually start the conversation again. Oh, I could totally see that, like, some of these people that I hit up probably weren't thinking about me. But I'm going to make you think about me. <laughs> like they were like, oh, Mandy, I wonder how she is. Does she still do this? Does she still do that? Does she still occasionally wear glasses and fall asleep in her contacts? <laughs> Nobody's thinking about that. <laughs> like, But there could do be. You, do you think that way? But people actually do think like think of or tell you they think about you. So I think about this event that Mandy and I went to last year and a lot of people came up to me and they were saying the same thing like, oh, I wondered about this, I wondered about that, or I thought about you and tried to reach out. And I'm just like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) The things that people remember about you will be like so random though, because someone that was at that event last year, they didn't say this to me then, but they said this to me at another random time. And they were like, yeah, I remember you always used to carry lotion and you said your goal in life is to have to be soft, to have soft skin. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't remember saying that at all, but I can't say it's something I didn't say because I did used to carry lotion. Like, <laughs> like they said it in an admirable way. Like, I always admired that about you, that you always had lotion and really cared. About, like, I guess they thought I cared about my skincare, And in my mind, I'm just like, that was probably a really just dumb thing that I said. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. You're funny. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but I think I'm random. And people laugh random, at random. Yeah. <laughs> people do laugh at random. I sure do. That's mm-hmm. funny. You probably did say it. It sounds like something you would have said way back when. <laughs> right. It's like it's something I would have said, but I also can't think of a context as to why I would have said it. <laughs> so, it's just like, all right, yeah, 
I like I wanted to my aspiration in life was to have soft skin. <laughs> at one point. At one point. Right. So my this is a safe space. Okay. I thought I thought I deleted my notes. <laughs> oh my goodness. So my this is a safe space is a concern for me regarding aging and what that kind of means overall, like what it means when it comes to your body, what it means when it comes to your future, specifically what it means when it comes to legacy and leaving behind influence and whatnot and people to people or little people to carry out your goals or the stuff you have in motion, specifically children. So I, feel, I just feel like the older I get, the more I'm on the fence. And I know we talked about this in a prior podcast about children and adopting and fostering. And, and I just spanking. wonder, and spanking, yes, we talked about disciplining or the lack thereof. And I just wonder what the right reason would be for having a child in this type of climate when there are already so many children that need homes. And my final conclusion would just be selfishness. It would just be because I want to see someone like me or have someone come from my loins or have, you know, that type of connection, whereas, you know, these other children that need, like literally need homes, teenagers, children, babies need homes, and, you know, I can provide the space, but I'm just like, you know what, I think I'm going to have my own. And I just, I'm not knocking anybody who chooses to go that route because that's your choice. I'm just wondering for me how to kind of decipher what choice is best for me since, you know, we're getting older, eggs aren't getting any fresher, and it's kind of (laughs) like the clock is winding down. I don't have like $10 million in my bank account to do build a baby at the scientist fair with all the other celebrities. So <laughs> it's just something that's been on my mind. Um, the legacy thing is an interesting topic because I don't like the idea of putting that pressure on my kid. To, to Like even when people have jobs or businesses and they're like, this is something I want to leave to my son or daughter, child. And I'm like, sure, but then that also puts pressure on the kid to feel like they have to do that, even if that's not the thing that they're interested in or they could be interested in it. But it's like the parent never really wants the kid to change things. They just wanted them to to be, they want it is kind of selfish to say like, they wouldn't be able to say, I gave you this thing and that's why you have it or whatever. But in other cases, it's like you want to build wealth for them but you can also build wealth in certain material things. You can leave them a bunch of gold ducats, or you could give them a bunch of priceless art, <laughs> and that would be you leaving wealth and legacy to your children. That's not in the form of a business, and then they could figure out what their own passions and, and business desires are or whatever. But if we're thinking about it from the selfishness of just their conception – then yeah, like I mean, I guess we're all born out of selfishness, but some of us are accidents. So no say, Ooh. no say to anybody else. <laughs> I don't say that <laughs> in a terrible way. It's me being blunt, but to say like everyone isn't born with the parents saying I'm or intentionally trying to create a life. Some of us are, they, they created the life, and they're like, oh wow. 
I'm pregnant now. Yes, I want to carry this out to to term. I don't feel like, even though I have spoken on wanting to adopt, that I would be opposed to having my own children or that that I would feel selfish for doing so. Like, I've kind of just had the mindset that I would like to do both, but I don't know if I will ever really have the opportunity to do either. So I'm just kind of moving from a standpoint of preparing either way and hoping that I can ultimately be a mother. And I think it's easier to prepare for me to try and be a mother through uh, adoption. But I've always wanted to do both. But then it's also hard to find, you know, partners who want to do both. Mm. That has been a conflict for me because I feel like if I'm going to have kids, then that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have one or two or three or four. They all have to come through me or I'm going to adopt. And that's just because in my head I never want someone to feel like you care more about this person than me because I was adopted or I'm not blood and anything like that. So that's always been like a conflict in my head. I'm sure I can make it harmonious, but also I'm just like, what if I put in papers to adopt and years and years go by or a couple of years be more realistic? Then I get pregnant, then all of a sudden I have like two babies at the same time. It's just not what I expected. So I guess just being able to adapt as an older person who maybe isn't moving as fast, who maybe isn't thinking as fast, who maybe just is aging. <laughs> so that's my concern, just aging in general, specifically in regards to children. Also, I also don't believe in putting pressure on someone like, well, this restaurant has been our family for 10 million years, so you also have to learn to be a line cook, then do bathrooms, then cash register, then manage finances. Like, I also don't approve of that either. So specifically when I say legacy, I guess I'm just thinking like, if I'm about to be lowered into the casket and my spirit is just kind of hovering around, just like kind of looking into the crowd of like the five people that attended and seeing my child <laughs> and just feeling like, okay, I'm going to continue on. Like our bloodline is going to continue on in some kind of form. You think your spirit is going to be more mad at your one, like more concerned about the the one child or that there's five people? I'm a little bit confused about that, that analogy. I'm like, let me also clarify this. You just for the record, in case there's ever any like contention or any kind of discussion about it, I don't want to be buried. I feel like that's taking up space. So just cremate me. Cremate. So I'm just saying, cremate. If, if, Cremate me, save the space. Y'all can uh, take some masks if you want, do the whole vile thing with the blood, Angelina Jolie, whatever. Whatever y'all want to do with me, just take me wherever you want to oh, go. Oh, no. But don't lower me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kool-Aid, man. Don't lower me into the ground. And <laughs> just like, that's just ridiculous. The cost for a casket, the cost for the services, all that good stuff. So when I say five people, I guess I'm thinking about like living to be like my great grandmother's age, like my 90 something. And maybe not everybody's able to make it. Or maybe like, I didn't want anybody to be bothered, so I didn't tell them, like, I was on my deathbed or something that like that. That you died? So, I mean, I can't tell them I died if I'm dead. What you mean? <laughs> That's why I'm confused. I was like, you weren't able to tell everybody. No, I, I said, think that someone else on my deathbed, to tell. Uh, I don't want to inconvenience anybody, so. I mean, a deathbed situation is a whole nother it's a whole other case. So I just saw a movie called The Farewell. Okay. And it's about an Asian family and um, an Asian-American girl whose grandmother, 
who lives in China, her parents tell her that her grandmother's dying. But nobody will tell the grandma that she's dying. Hmm. Because they want, I guess that's a traditional thing that they do in their culture, and they just want them to be able to live their life without having to worry about dying. However, because everybody else knows that she's dying, they've orchestrated an event to have a reason all to go back to China so that they could see her before she dies. So to me, like, that's a good example of you don't, like, people are often concerned about other folks. Like, you were saying you don't want people to have to worry about come seeing you on your deathbed. But in this story, they didn't want the grandmother to have to worry about having a deathbed to, for people to see, but they still wanted to see her. So I think it's it's still about just, like, uh, folks are going to do what they want to do. They, you don't necessarily have to feel pressure or obligation if that's not really what you want. But I think they'll, you know, they'll care if if you're right. on your deathbed and then they'll care about, the, you know, if you pass and you have your funeral, there'll be more than five people at your memorial mm-hmm. service. Ali, it's going to be okay. Maybe at my memorial service. Yes. Unless I mean, the world I ends. Like funeral or something, I wouldn't want all those people to be there. And again, it's just like, I don't think I want people to see me if I'm like 95, independent, I don't recognize you. Like, I feel like this is getting personal now, but like when my great grandmother was funeral like, service, saying like, that's why you, part of the reason why you don't want a casket situation? I don't know what you're talking about. You said not just memorial service, funeral service. So I'm trying to understand, do you mean funeral service different from memorial oh, service me, because of the casket? I misspoke. So I, when I, I didn't mean that. So what I was trying to say, I'm not trying to have people see me on my deathbed. So I don't want to see me when, I don't want them to see me when I'm at, their, at my worst. Or if I don't recognize them, I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings. I don't want them to see me in my depends or wherever it is I have to uh, put on as an older aged person. Um, so, yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not telling people not to come to my memorial service. That's not what I'm saying. It was just a funny example. If five people are there, fine. If three people are there, fine. But I'm not going to send out flyers saying, hey, I'm about to die. Prepare. That's not what I plan mm-hmm. on doing. So if you say you don't want them seeing you at your worst, who's going to be with you? You going to be by yourself? Um, not necessarily by myself. I'll have the nurse. I'll have the doctors. I'll have the people changing my bedpan. I'll have. But all how people. do you know <laughs> that you'll have them? Some what? people die. Some people die at home by themselves, and then folks gotta have to find them. Well, I would like, expect you, if I'm, like, independent and immobile and not remembering people that I would be in the hospital or hospice somewhere or in a living facility, not, like, at home. But if that I'm would only if happen. If, I don't need to be at home by myself. That would only happen if somebody was around long enough to be like, we need to put her in a home. Because if you was by yourself, you're going to tell yourself you it's time to go in the home? Yes, in my in, when I'm in my while I'm still in my right mind, the first day I forget something important or I like wake up and I'm on some park bench somewhere, that's when I'm going to say I need to put myself in a home. If if my uh, alleged children haven't already been in my ear about it, I think when you're older, especially, I mean it could happen now, but 
um, when you're older, you you will forget that you forgot, or you won't really think that a major thing is major because you're just like, oh, that's that's not that bad, or it only happened one time. Like, I mean, I definitely it seems like you you will try and be cognizant of those type of things, but I do that now, or I'm I think I think I ignore little things that you know if I have if I have cramps that are way too bad, well, no, actually, I'm the opposite. I think I think the worst of certain things. So if my cramps are way too bad, I'm like, oh, it could be endometriosis. But I'm also, like, not going to run straight to my doctor and say, I think I might have endometriosis. You know what I mean? So there I could be something. I'm the opposite nowadays. I've been like that, like, oh, your head hurts, and your head hasn't hurt for, like, two years, for two days straight, go to the doctor. Oh, you think your finger's uh, not moving right? Go to the doctor. Oh, you think this is that? Take some medicine. Like, I've been very, don't wait around because we don't have a lot of time already. Mm. Well, I guess if you think you'll still be like that in your older age, then, yeah, you probably will have surrounded yourself by doctors. I mean, I'm not saying I have to surround myself by doctors. I'm just, I feel like, uh, I feel like this is, spinning off into something I don't need it to spin off into. <laughs> well, no, because I just look at it like you took the time to think about your body getting older. You know, mm-hmm. you weren't doing all of the moisturizing that I allegedly said I was going to do. So you noticed a couple of wrinkles or that you or thought about how you could get a couple of wrinkles or your bowels could go or I don't know what happens when people get old. Thanks. And, um, you're like, if all these things start to change in my body and now I'm an old lady, this is how I would want to prepare so that I don't have to worry about X, Y, and Z. But this is my first time thinking about it. So I'm just like, what what drew you to that conclusion? <laughs> or or did you think about this part, you know? Got it. But you don't, you don't want to think about it or I go just, down the... I, I feel like I've said everything I want to say about this topic. <laughs> and I feel like we're just like, it's like my main topic was aging without children. Now we're talking about me and being in a bedpan surrounded by doctors. So <laughs> I just feel like we're off topic here. Well, yeah, no, I think that to me it still goes together because if you're aging without children, then that's who you who would be around, right, would be the doctors. All right. <laughs> but do you see how like you came to one conclusion but I can't I got to somewhere else? So that's why I'm just like, Oh, well did you think of it this way? Um Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right, well that sounds like that's it for this is a safe space. <laughs> All right. Nice. So let's get to the meat and potatoes of the podcast. What's on your docket for today? Nah, what's on your docket? <laughs> what you got for the main topic, Ali? So I wanted to talk about contentment and ask you, do you ever think you'll ever reach a place of contentment? So specifically I'm for content mine, right now. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our underappreciated award. No. <laughs> but what, what, what were you t-
thing that I struggle with is like my weight because there are times where I'm like very healthy. I'm at my healthiest. I have a routine and I'm still not at my ideal weight. And there are times where I feel like I'm overweight or I'm unhealthy. And again, I'm still not where I want to be. So I guess I'm just wondering if you ever think, you know what, this is enough or I've reached a place of contentment. I'm happy with this. I don't need to really change anything. I guess in regards to like, how you think or evolving or your body or is there anything in your life where you're like, I am content with blank? Okay. So I did say earlier that sounded like a joke, but I am very much kind of <laughs> content. Um, when I was younger, it's true though, I don't know. When I was younger, I used to have a lot of discontentment with my body because I didn't feel like, it went together. I'm like, I'm big here, small here, small here, big here. These things don't go together. I was always just like, I felt like like not odd shaped or whatever. Now that I'm bigger, I'm just like, oh, I miss that body. But at the same time, I'm like, but this body's good enough. Like, I don't have any real health issues. And that's mainly where I look at it from. Because even as I was gaining so much weight, I was still in a place of contentment where I wasn't really trying to work out. Now I'm trying to work out because of an accountability issue and because my doctor keeps telling me I need to. And I'm like, fine, fine, I'll do some cardio. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not really worried about I need my body to look this way or that way, and that's why I'm working out and I'm focusing on this area and you know, people, when they, that's why I say it, when they talk about gym things like back routine, leg day, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, those sound like real workout words, but I'm mainly just making sure I do enough cardio so that the next time I see my doctor, she'll be like, you did it. And I'll be like, yeah, I did. And then what else would I be discontent in? I used to be discontent in my relationships, but then I was just like, I guess I'll never get in one. <laughs> and I got content with being single. Um, I think the only thing I'm ever slightly discontent with now is my relationships with people. But because I'm so content being by myself, if I feel like I've tried to, I feel like I will look at things from like, did I put in a real true effort today with whomever it was I was having an experience with? Like, did I try to communicate effectively and listen to whatever it is they were trying to tell me? Do I feel like um, I put in a real effort to maintain a positive situation in our relationship? All right, cool. Tomorrow I can spend the day by myself. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> that makes sense, yes. That makes yeah, sense. so that's that's the only thing that I feel like I'm not – and I don't know that I could ever be 100% content, but, you know, that's the only thing that I think I fluctuate with trying to make sure I'm content about is maintaining positive energy and and status within relationships I have with people. But with everything else, I'm just kind of like, yeah, that's fine. It's not, it's not, nothing is weighing too far on the bad end for me to really stress about it too much. That's nice. That sounds so selfless that your answer is relationships with other people. That's cool. I mean, yeah, because in a way I feel like that's what makes the world go around. I don't know. Like, okay. 
you know, <laughs> it sounds really corny to say, but it's not as if it's really important that I don't litter, you know, because I'm killing the earth. But it's also, you know, those things are like, that's true. But you know where I'm least likely to litter at home. So I can just be at home. But or like, it's really important for me to be healthy. But I'm just like, yeah, but I'm still breathing. So I guess I'm doing good enough. Like, like I haven't had any major, major health issues. So I'm like, that's fine. I don't know. Uh, I personally don't feel like I've I think I think a lot of the things that are like world issues right now are the way that people are behaving and treating each other and considering like the way that they value people. So I think I I honestly feel that way like if you t- take value in people then you're more likely to be a good person. I don't know. The way that people, like the, those folks care about animals, if they cared about people in the same way, the world would probably be a much better place. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think about that all the time. They're quick to call, like, uh, the animal companies or PETA or animal control and stuff, but won't call if you see, like, some child in need or some other human in need in general. That just that tickles me to no end. Yeah, like the <sighs> word humanitarian just seems like, it it's literally a word that people use as an idyllic title because it seems so foreign for other people to, to care about folks or do something for someone else that's, you know, has no personal gain attached. It's like, oh, this person's a humanitarian. We all should be. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> the freedom. <laughs> the freedom. But... You know, it would seem curly, that's a stretch. So, but what is it that you're seeking contentment from? So, I'd like to see me appreciate, I guess, my body more, get some contentment in that. Like, I see people of all sizes all the time, specifically on social media, just embracing where they are now. Like, I'm not going to mm-hmm. wait until I can fit into this. I'm going to get something I can fit into now. I'm not going to worry about what mm-hmm. I'm eating. If I want to eat it, I'm going to eat it now. If I want to exercise for two hours, I'm going to get on the treadmill and I'm going to do it now. Just people embracing the now. And I guess I just want a little bit of that juice that they're drinking, the embrace the now juice so I can be content with now instead of the planning version of Ollie that I am. Like, okay, well, in two weeks I have this event, so I need to do all this. I need to lose all this weight. I need to cut this out. Mm. Okay, well, in three months I have this going on, so I need to plan around this event instead of just, you know what, I'll show up as I am and that'll be that. Yeah, I definitely think that makes sense. A, you said juice, so I thought about Lizzo. She's a gorgeous plus-size lady, and I myself yes. have transitioned into plus-size. When pe- when I say that, people are like, no, you're not, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> See, Ali's doing it right now, y'all. She's like, I don't believe you, girl. I'm, I'm the one wearing my clothes. <laughs> I know what size I am. That's true. But as soon as, That's true. As soon as I embraced that, I started dressing better because before it was like I'm trying to – literally squeeze myself into these other clothes when they make clothes for me in my size and them joints cute and every single outfit that I've been getting compliments on recently has come from 
the plus size store. And I'll be like, thank you. I got it from the thick lady store. <laughs> and I just sat on them. And I it was like, I got it. I know. I put this outfit together from the thick lady store. You're ridiculous. That's a good point, though. Like, dress for your size that you are, not for what you are wanting to be or not for what you think you are, what you used to be. I, like, went through clothes today, actually, and was just refolding and reorganizing my drawers. Like I said, my daily goals, I'm knocking those out. And there are a lot of things in there. I was like, I haven't worn this for, like, a month or a couple years. But it's also, like, part of me wants to keep it in case I can ever, like, wear it again. Another part is, like, what if I have children and they have, like, a vintage fashion day at school and they need something? So <laughs> I have different reasons for keeping old clothes. But for the ones where I'm like, maybe I'll be able to fit into this again, like, the time has passed for those, and I just kind of need to let those go. Right. Because I wouldn't be the one to tell you to let that go. I would just know that that's not personally a thing that I like to do. Right. Okay, Mandy, what's your meat and potatoes for today? Uh, it's not a full meat and potatoes thing, but it didn't like go in the under. Pre- sure. Okay. <laughs> I felt like it couldn't go in the underappreciated award because this person, in my opinion, is not all the way underappreciated. Although, based upon the situation that happened, I guess they could be considered. Missy Elliott will be receiving her Video Vanguard Award at this year's MTV Music Video Awards. And some folks are like, about time, she should have been got it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't disagree, but I also don't think the people who have gotten it were shouldn't have gotten it. <laughs> so I, I, it's an argument that we can have because I've had it with somebody else, but a lot of people are like, this person shouldn't have got it before Missy, and that person shouldn't have got it before Missy. And I'm just like, so you just don't want them to have it at all, or you just don't want them to have it before Missy? And now that Missy has hers, are you going to let the fact go that they already got theirs? Because <laughs> I don't think it's a terrible thing that the people who got it, got it, because I do feel like they have good music videos. But right. So I'm po- looking at the list now, just to interject really quickly. So you all, Beyonce received it in 2014, Jennifer Lopez 2018, Pink 2017. Pink has really good videos. I'm surprised they waited that long. Uh, Kanye West 2015, U2 2001, Justin Timberlake 2013, Britney Spears 2011, Hype Williams 2016, L. Cool J 97, Red Hot Chili Peppers 95, just to give you guys some insight. And part of that is, like, it didn't really resurge until I think they gave it to Britney, which might have been, like, 2011 or 2012. But there was just, like, a huge gap when MTV forgot all about it. So I think it's pretty much since the period when Britney got it, and that's when they started giving them back to back to back, that folks were like, where's Missy's, where's Missy's, where's Missy's? And I'm like, yes, she should get some. But there's also just, like, that thought process of Missy was making bomb videos into the 2000s before 2010. Right. By the time 2010s came back, I think there were so many other people who had started their careers later, but they were in that in the middle of their really big moment. And I think that's why they got theirs. Then they had to go back and say, well, who should have gotten one that we didn't give it to? And I think that's how J-Lo got hers last year. <laughs> 
And but when JLo got her, people were like, "Well, if you gonna give it to old people, why didn't you give it to Missy?" So I definitely think that people putting a lot of hype and energy into it is helped for Missy to get it this year. And again, I feel like she deserves it. That's why I want to give her this moment to give her a hand clap. But I also feel like folks just need to relax because whether folks give Missy her flowers or not, that doesn't take away from all the things that she already achieved. Like Missy's not waiting for us to give her her flowers to say that she's going to continue to be Missy Elliott. She's been continuing to be Missy Elliott, whether we think so or not. And that's how she got, you know, in the Songwriters Hall of Fame and all that stuff. She's just like, I'm just going to keep making music because that's what I do. Because she writes, she produces, she raps, she sings. She's a boss, point blank in the period. See? I agree that at times I think it's a what have you done for me lately. So that's why you do see the bigger, more recent names, Beyonce, Pink, Rihanna, Kanye, Jennifer Lopez, Britney Spears, whereas if if they're going to go back and say who should we have given it to do, who should we have given it to, and they chose Missy Elliott, I'm glad that they had the wherewithal to think about that and be respectful in that way, you know, like, okay, all these recent in-our-face, all-the-time artists have received their awards, awards, so now let's go back and give it to someone else who is deserving. So I'm glad that she received it, and you're right, there are definitely gaps. It's funny because when they started off in 84 and 85, they gave, in 86, they gave multiple awards, so, like, three people um, each year, except for 86, two people got it. But Michael Jackson has received it. Janet Jackson has received it. So who do you think would be next on the list? Lady Gaga? I don't know. I don't watch music videos anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. She do be making them. She does yeah, some I think crazy it's, videos. I think it's harder for me now because I don't watch music videos like I used to. And I think that's yeah. part of, like, the energy for MTV to give those iconic moments because they still create a music video award show despite the fact that nobody's really watched music videos the way they used to or the fact that they don't air music videos the way they used to. They were the music television program, and I'm like, they don't ever do a music show. Right. I have another question for you. Do you think it's yeah. right to give the artist the award instead of, like, the director or the concept artist for the video? Well, they do do individual um, awards for, like, the director and the creative directors at the MTV Awards. They usually don't get aired, but that is a category that happens every year. But I think okay. for the Video Vanguard Award, I think they, you know, they're giving it to the artist because... They're a part of multiple concepts that might have different directors and stuff like that. Gotcha. Okay, well, congrats to Missy. All right. Uh, <laughs> are we ready for the underappreciated awards? Ooh, yes, yes, yes. May I go first? Of course, darling. Thank you. Thank you. I would like to give my underappreciated award for today to agricultural workers. 
I don't know, listeners, if you've actually like looked at documentaries or Googled what it takes to work in agricultural fields of study and literal fields, but it's a lot of work, waking up really, really early, going home really, really late, missing time with your family, and getting paid pennies on the American dollar for stuff that's upcharged to us as citizens. And it's literally backbreaking work. It's honestly something I would never elect to do, want to do. So the fact that we have these kinds of humans who exist, who some of them don't have a choice in doing it, but the fact that they're choosing to provide this service, I'm just very grateful that we have these fruit and vegetable pickers, these chemical technicians and testers, lab techs, all these people that are working to provide us with sustenance. So that's who gets my unappreciated award for today. When you first said it, I thought you were talking about gardeners. And I was like, this is going to be interesting. Let me hear about how you feel about the people that uh, do your lawn care. But that's not what you was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) It's really not. (laughs) I mean, not that they don't deserve a pat on the back, too, but that's just not who you you were afraid to. That's fine. Different level of work. (laughs) Uh, Who is receiving yours, or do you have a comment? Do you think about where your food comes from? I do, partly because my father insists upon being his own farmer and um, making that attempt. So I do think about it and understand that it's not a simple task. But, um, yeah, my underappreciated award goes to online cartoonists. A couple <laughs> a couple years back, um, I first saw that there was a large group of people interested in this on Instagram because I saw a lot of people, like, drawing variations of themselves in existing cartoons and then drawing in their own style. And I myself participated in it because I've always enjoyed drawing, but I don't consider myself to be a full-time artist or cartoonist or anything like that. It's just more so things that I do for entertainment or a hobby. But just by looking up that hashtag, and I was able to find a lot of cartoonists that I now follow and um, are fully in-depth in, like, the different stories that they do when they release, like, weekly or bi-weekly cartoons when they drop a a whole comic strip. And it's just, like, really entertaining, for one, but also, like, interesting to see them create a business out of their passion. So one of the interesting things that I've seen people do a lot that are these online cartoonists is they, they will share, like, you know, multiple pieces of work on their Instagram, and then they will advertise that they're basically releasing a book of all of their digital cartoons or, yeah, just stuff like that. And I wanted to give it a shout-out and um, an element of support because they either do, like, booklets or they create, like, printed T-shirts or, you know, wall art. That's a different type of stuff. And I just feel like a lot of these things get reposted and folks don't always 
post who the original creator is and they don't get their opportunity to shine. So when you see that artwork kind of floating around and you hit a little double click or you attempt to buy a shirt or a hat, just make sure that the original artist, the original cartoonist is receiving their just dues, is um, getting their shine. And that's why I want to give them my underappreciated award. Nice. Very nice of you. I do remember you participated in a challenge where you had to draw, draw like, five or six different versions of yourself um, from different animations and also how you saw yourself. And the one you submitted was pretty dope. It was cool. Thanks. It didn't take well, me that long at all. <laughs> I believe you. You've always had, a, like, an artistic eye. So I believe you. So? Okay. <laughs> that includes the pod for today Mandy would you like to tell the listeners Where they can find us Yes I can You can follow us on Instagram And Twitter at MNO Podcast Please be sure to Like and subscribe to the podcast Wherever you listen Oh and send us your comments And questions at Mandy and Ollie at gmail.com Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. Bye, guys. You take advantage of every weekend. Every weekend, I heard some things. I heard some things, but I can't complain. Cause I stepped to you and I asked your name. Yeah, I came with game. Tell me your name. She said, Roxanne. Then you look so familiar. Yeah, you look so familiar. Don't I know you from back when? Yeah, way, way back when.